Welcome to the KDB Review Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Davis, and this is a very special bonus episode of the show. We're talking to Martin Mongan, the CEO of the Bristan Group. Now, he's an incredibly experienced player in the UK bathroom market, of course, so we'll get his views on what's happening in the sector. But we'll also be catching up specifically on Heritage Bathrooms, who are very kindly our bathroom sponsor for Season 7. Heritage has been a leading brand in the UK market for nearly 40 years, and they've just had a huge launch of new products. But, as we'll hear, there's so much more to it than just that. You can get a proper look at all those new products by going to heritagebathrooms.com. And I'll put that link in the episode description. So, as promised, joining me down the line is Martin Mongan. Hello, Martin. Hey, Andy. How are you? I'm very, very well, thank you. You sound like you're in a cupboard. <laughs> I kind of am. I'm in, I'm in a, my home office, which is basically a cupboard with a desk in. So, yeah. Well, that's what I like to hear. <laughs> Let's jump straight in. We're here to talk about Heritage today. Very well-known brand, obviously. Great reputation. But when we spoke, last time we spoke on here, actually, was when you took over at Bristol yeah. a couple of years ago. I remember you saying then that you know you felt that it wasn't really hitting its full potential. So I'm wondering what you've learned about that brand and its potential in the last two years. I think the one thing I have learned, and I think we as a business have learned, is you know how much of, of a strong feeling there is still out there in the marketplace for Heritage, the brand. I think the, the bit that we kind of lost sight of is the product side of it. There hadn't been a, a great deal of investment in new product. I think we're definitely being caught asleep on the job uh, a little bit when you look at you know certainly our direct competitors and the gains that they've made so i think the main thing for us as a business to learn was to to start to look externally and to start to understand where the market had moved to what our customers actually wanted from the brand and i think we've done that we took a a three-year roadmap and and condensed it into 18 months and i I think i I probably gave a few people gray hairs within the business but they they rose to the challenge incredibly well and we've ended up with what I think is a a much more fit-for-market product offer that just starts to stretch heritage in terms of from a price point of view and also from a design language point of view, but while still making sure that we've kept the spirit of the heritage uh, brand at the heart of everything we've done. Let's delve into some of the detail of that because you've had this big launch and it's been billed as the biggest launch that you've heritage ever had. Yeah. But what makes it what makes it really interesting for me though is yeah, you, know, you haven't just flooded the market with a load of new products. Paradoxically, you've kind of rationalized a lot of the range at the same time. So talk us through that. So basically, we, we've taken probably almost 400 SKUs out of the range and, and added back in about 350. So there's a slight net reduction. But I think what we have done is is taken out some of the repetition. Lots of baths, 1700 by 750, 1700 by 800. In all essence, all the same. We you know we had a lot of freestanding baths that you know it was difficult to understand where one started and one finished. So you know there's some basic things we've got rid of uh, of a lot of SKUs when it came to sort of fitted furniture, which again you know the markets certainly moved on from we've looked at okay where can we stretch heritage and not become european contemporary but certainly start to move that bar along and start to look at furniture that we know is is our our retailers and channel partners are selling on a daily basis it's just not being housed for for a period so uh, we've really looked at what we were doing where the repetition was taking some of that out and introduce a new price point which is slightly lower which opens heritage to a, a wider market and then the design language has started to move so if we were operating in let's say 15% of the market from a design point of view, we're now operating in about 40% of the market. So obviously it just gives us a, a bigger basket of, of shoppers to go after. So uh, it was important that we didn't just add to the range. We had to take a step back and, and take out those things that were, ju- yeah. at the end of the day, display spaces is expensive for, for everybody. 
and taking display space up with products that we knew in our own hearts weren't going to sell was not the right way to go. It's funny, isn't it? Because I've been doing this a long time now, as have you. And we've seen every possible sort of permutation come through, haven't we? And I, I can remember a time, as I'm sure you can, where it was all about the size of your catalogue, you know, how thick it was, how many SKUs you had, every variation, every possible colour. And that was the big appeal. But now that it, it seems to have come through the other side of that, and you're a good example of it, of where it's much more about curation of, of, a, of a capsule of fantastic products that can be applied in lots of different situations rather than having every possible answer to every possible shape, size or colour. Absolutely. And, and I think one of the things that we've done with Heritage in particular is to step back and not look at it in terms of a, a group of suites. We've looked at it in terms of a group of design solutions and try to give people the opportunity just to mix and match and pick. You can have a wonderful freestanding traditional bath with a piece of furniture in a bath, but you want that sort of more modern wall hung pan look. I think the day of people feeling like they have to sit within, you know, the confines of a, what one particular suite offers. Absolutely. That's not the design language now that or the design solutions that people want anymore. So we very much looked at saying, okay, how can we simplify our business? Because, you know, at the end of the day, trying to keep stock of, of all of those SKUs and, and trying to, to make sure we're buying the right quantities to make sure we've always got you know, availability uh, at hand is a massive challenge. So simplification, absolutely, uh, from our point of view, but also most importantly, from the consumer's point of view, it was really key to, to what we did. And again, it's also really interesting that you're putting so much focus on product development and new design because you know that section of the market it would be very easy just to make it a price war wouldn't it yeah. very easy to say it's all much for much it's all about price but that importance of design product development is coming down into that market now no listen i you know with the, the one thing we as a business have, have taken a, a strategic decision is to not chase volume you know th- this isn't about us you know selling as much as we can at, at the minimum price we can get for it it's absolutely to start to create some value and, and, and make people see that there's a reason reason why our prices are where they are and, and you know we don't have to sell 40 50 million pounds worth of heritage to feel like we're a success you know a success for us would be to see some nice steady growth year on year for the next three or four years that just makes the brand more relevant and, and starts to take it back to, to where i believe it naturally sits in the marketplace is it working? What kind of reaction have you had from those retailers? Yeah, I mean, the big reaction is, do you get display orders? And, and we certainly did. You know, everybody that came to the initial sort of launch that we did, and, and certainly the sales guys are, are out talking to people now, we're getting the display orders that we hope for. Like everything, you always want them in the showrooms a little bit quicker, but, you know, obviously people have January sales, and but uh, the, the commitment is absolutely there. We're ahead of, uh, of where we hope to be. The proof will be in, you know, two or three months' time when we start to see the sell through you know as i said this isn't about wanting overnight success it's making sure that we take our time do it properly and uh, we start to see the returns and i think we're all very confident that'll happen Let's take a step back and look at the wider market a bit, if we can, because you've obviously been doing this for years. You've got lots of experience in this sector. And there seems to me to be such a mixed bag of opinion on what's going on at the moment. So what's your overview of where we are? I think it is absolutely that a mixed bag. I speak to some retailers and they cannot take another uh, insulation order for six months or seven months. They have never been busier, you know, having been a retailer. I know your biggest worry in January was your cash flow because, you know, you hadn't taken many orders in December and it was how many insulations coming back to do in January. And I know a lot of businesses have never been busy from that part. But then you speak to others and, you know, they are they are feeling, you know, the market is tight, that discretionary spend is something that 
consumers are, are starting to think about. So it is really a mixed picture. Again, obviously, we see a wider part of the market with the Bristan product. You know, we're seeing good consumer demand via uh, online partners and via DIY partners. But to be honest, the merchant side and the business is holding up as well. So whether there's a bit of a shock result to come to, I don't know. We, we came into this year a little bit pessimistic. We were expecting to see some sort of decline in sales. But as each day goes past, different messages coming out of the Bank of England and, you know, the recession was going to be two years and it was going to be 12 months and it was going to be shallow. And now there's thought there may not even be a recession. It is a really mixed picture. I don't think anyone's having an incredibly fantastic time, but I don't think anyone's having a disastrous time either. I'll say that with fingers crossed that that remains the case. It must be really weird for you to make any plans because the two years you've been there haven't exactly been normal, have they? No, no. In fact, it literally, it's it's two years this week. I think my first three or four months, I, I was living in the Belfry. And, you know, I was one of about twelve people in there, and it was like being in an institution. You know, you couldn't leave your room. Your food was was delivered outside. You know, it was a knock on the door, then there was nobody there, and your food was on the floor. It was yeah, I mean. It, Bizarre, obviously, working in an office with probably 20 people in when we employ, you know, close to 300. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a strange old time. So to try and to, to make plans. I think the only thing that getting there, I knew we, there was things that we had to do regardless of what the market was doing. And that was absolutely about driving a new product and starting to make us more relevant. So being able to plan for that's been easy. I suppose the, the nervousness is about what the sales plans are on the back of those plans. You know, what are you facing over the next uh, sort of couple of years? But yeah, it's been a turbulent time, but one I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying, to be honest. It's a great business. I'm, I'm, the two years has flown by. Well, that's a great place to stop it, Martin. You're doing a fantastic job there, and uh, I'm loving that new heritage stuff. So uh, I hope it all works out really well for you. Thank you for your support, and we'll catch up again soon. Appreciate it. Thank you, Andy.